0: Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich ones the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme and The honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, Do not commit adultery, also said, Do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you've become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So the book of James here in chapter two, we're starting with, uh, I guess you could call a mini parable because I don't know if this actually happened. Uh, it's more of just like a hypothetical and uh, a, a scenario of you have this poor man in shabby clothing is the word here. And then you have a rich man in uh, fine clothing. Uh, and the scenario is the poor man and the rich man walk in and you show the rich man favoritism and bias to him and special treatment, but you treat the poor man like he's just like he's garbage. Okay, go you can stand in the corner if you want, or yeah, just sit down here. We don't even have a chair for you. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, he's talking about this sin of partiality. And he talks about the poor and the rich, and he says you shouldn't treat the poor man like that because, verse 5, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him. So, you know, someone's someone's standing in terms of our our little measurements of power and wealth in this world. Those aren't necessarily the metrics we should use for, you know, people who are powerful and worthy in in this kingdom. Uh, God has promised to make those who, those who love him, at the end of verse 5 there, God has promised to those who love him, that they would be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom. So if we share, we share in the faith, we share that, the riches of the faith we have in Jesus and if we are united in the faith, we also share in that, in that, uh, that kingship or that, that inheritance of the kingdom, uh, regardless of, you know, of who you are in this life. That is for all those who, who love God. He has promised that to all those who love him. So, uh, you see how God has not shown partiality in, in, uh, how he treats people who come into his uh his house and those who those who love him God gives richness of faith and inheritance of the kingdom to all those who love him so uh God is a good judge and we are evil judges when we show that partiality and then in verse 6 he also James also says are not the rich the ones who oppress you the ones who drag you into court are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called um now when he says the rich I I think it's obvious he's not talking about every single rich person ever because if you even look in the book of acts there are there were some pretty rich people who became Christians and then their houses became the church building the building that the churches would use and meet in so you know being rich wasn't wasn't bad God used and continues to use rich people to to provide those material uh, a lot of times those material needs for uh the church gathering so there's a unity of the faith of people coming from these different backgrounds and their and you know their different resources and so you know there are it's it's not saying if you're rich you <laughs> you are the oppressor and you are uh you know you're the evil person and it's also cuz it's also not saying if you're poor then okay we should just we should just you know worship you and that that would that would be partiality in the other direction (laughs) so um i think paul's or excuse me james's point here in verse six is to say um there are many rich and powerful people who persecute you there are many rich and powerful people who when you when when they realize that you're not fully for them You know they come at you with lawsuits they they drag you into court they they themselves don't even honor god so you know why do you want to be friends with them so badly when when a lot of the rich are the very are probably your your worst enemies on earth right now like why do you want to be liked by them so badly why do you want to treat them with special treatment um Aren't they the ones who oppress you? Aren't they the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are called? And so this is something that I think celebrity uh, Christians should consider. Like with celebrities, you know, you can you know, maybe one day or on one issue you have you have common ground. But, you know, be common ground with with uh, the rich and powerful. But, but be careful because. Um, when they realize that you know you're not all in on whatever their agenda is, they might turn against you and use their resources against you, and and many times they do. So, you know why why do you show special treatment to them, to to people who otherwise you know your friends today, and they'll be your oppressor, your persecutor tomorrow. So that that kind of just doesn't even make sense intuitively. But the overall point, uh, which leads here into the into the next part here verse 9 if you show partiality you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors now james talks about partiality both in this example that he gives but also in our obedience to the to the law which i thought was interesting that he uses this principle of if you break one point of the law then you're a transgressor of all of it you break the whole contract so In a similar way, if we if we break or or show partiality toward one person, then we are violating the whole contract that we have with all the people in in the church. Um, So I found that connection that he made to be to be kind of interesting. Uh, But that's something we should. This is something we should uh, we should, you know, really remember verse 12 and 13 speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy mercy triumphs over judgment and then the last section here we have the faith and works dialogue uh, so the two examples given are abraham and rahab um, and and James gives his own example, almost like a, like a anti example, like a bad example. So, but, and he makes this as an example of faith and works not working in conjunction. So here it is. It's if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead. So that's an example of Faith, or or quote unquote faith, not not working in conjunction, or the the fruit of that faith is is dead because it's just like oh yeah go in peace be warmed and filled, but it's like okay are you gonna are you gonna actually do that or are you just are you just saying it? So did that person actually want the poor person to go in peace be warmed and filled? Uh. Not really. <laughs> so the the good examples that are given are Abraham and Rahab, where, you know, the example of Abraham is God made a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of, of uh, many nations and that uh, his lineage would be a light to the nations. And so when he's offering up his son Isaac on the altar, um, That was a test of do you believe that god will actually bless the nations through this son this son that you're about to offer up on the altar and uh abraham's answer it by his works is evident was yes he believed that god would still fulfill his promise because he was he was going to sacrifice his son on the altar and so when when abraham believes the promise of god chapters before in in genesis where it's from we know that he believed it because well look at what he did after he obviously did believe what wh- um what god promised him because his works uh his works proved that uh same thing with rahab where rahab you know the the spies the israelite spies going to jericho to scout the the land and Rahab a prostitute in Jericho she she protects the spies and then sends the the police in the other direction so she deceives them the the police and protects and saves the the spies and then Rahab after is like okay so you know I know about your God I've heard about what he has done in Egypt and you know I I fear the God of Israel and uh, I'm asking that you that you save me and my family. So that desire of Rahab was evident by the fruit of of her works. What did she do? She helped she helped the the armies of Israel, and she forsook the the wicked people of of Jericho. So she clearly did believe. She pr- clearly had a living faith because her her works uh, her works proved that. So. Um, that's the point that, that James is making here. And so that's why he's giving examples or hypotheticals of what would happen in the church of saying this is this is a moment of testing. These things prove that there's deficiencies or there's defectiveness or there's deadness, there's spiritual deadness here. Uh, and I, I'm not, I don't think he's saying this is fatal. Like, OK, you know, you guys are hopeless. You guys are definitely never going to be Christian. <laughs> I think it's more like a wake up call. You know and he uses these examples because you know uh Abraham himself it's not like he had a he had a perfect track record not none of us do um but the point is that a living faith is one that uh, you can see is made evident by by the fruit of the works of the one who who has faith so grow with the growth that's from God from God.